Thank you. Thank you, guys. Let's give a clap to these guys. Good job. How you all doing? You're good? So good to see you guys. Uh, it's just one week till we, get, we go for spring break. Are you guys excited? Ah, we've just had so many breaks. Snow days and now another week. Um, but it's exciting. I'm really excited that February is coming to an end. I've actually been ticking on my calendar. Uh, and the reason why I'm excited is because I know summer is almost coming. Because the snow, I like snow. But uh, I think I need some sun now. I know I'm, <laughs> yeah, I know I'm, 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 I have to get this out of my heart. I was born by the equator where we never saw snow. So I saw snow here for the first time. Uh, I like it. I enjoy it. I, from the inside, not outside. So I'm really excited. <laughs> so um, as you've heard, if you're here for the first time, my name is Mordecai. I come from Kenya. That's why you can hear an accent. But for today, as I share the word of God, I pray that I'll be able to articulate every word and you can be able to understand, um, hopefully through my influence of the Afri- Americans here, I've been able to have some American accent. How's my English? Can you hear me? So if you don't understand, just stand next to your neighbor and ask them, did he mean water or water? <laughs> One of those. Anyway, so today... Uh, We're going through Psalms 25. Um, I really am excited about this psalm. And one thing I know for sure is that when you go through the issues of life, we will never go wrong when we pray and confess God's word unto our lives. It's such a powerful thing when you confess the word of God. We'll never go wrong. And so as I read Psalms 25, 1 to 15, I'm going to have you guys do a little exercise. So I'm going to read it, and I want you to listen to it very carefully. I want you to pick a word or two or three or a phrase that will stand out for you as you read this psalm. And I pray that as we read this psalm, part of it becomes so real to you. And I pray that it gives you a restored sense of hope that God loves you. But I also pray that it gives you a sense of hope that God will deliver you out of your troubles when you trust him. But also God will forgive your sins when you confess to him. And ultimately, God will guide you when you ask him and you're willing to obey. So I'm going to read it. Look out for words that will stand out for you. Don't overthink this thing. Don't over-spiritualize it. Let the words speak to you. Just speak up, speak up some words or phrases that will stand out for you. So Psalms 25, 1 to 15. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O God, in you I have unwavering trust, and I rely on you with steadfast confidence. Do not let me be put to shame. Or my hope in you be disappointed. Do not let my enemies triumph over me. Indeed, none of those who expectantly wait for you will be ashamed. Those who turn away from what is right and deal trenches. This word is so heavy. Okay, you guys see it. Without cause, will be ashamed. The Amplified Version puts in some cause, humiliated or embarrassed. Let me know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are God of my salvation. For you and only you I wait patient, expectantly all the day long. Remember, O Lord, your tender compassion and your loving kindness. For they have been from the old. Do not remember the sins of my youth and my transgressions. 
According to your loving kindness, remember me for your goodness sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in justice. And he teaches the humble in his ways. All the parts of the Lord are loving kindness and goodness and truth and faithfulness. To those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. For your namesake, O Lord, pardon my wickedness and my guilt, for they are great. Who is the man who fears the Lord with awe-inspired reverence and worships him with submissive wonder? He will teach him through his word in the way he should choose. His soul will dwell in prosperity and goodness, and his descendants will inherit the land. The secret of the wise counsel of the Lord is for those who fear him. And he will let them know his covenant and reveal to them through his word its deeper inner meaning. My eyes are continually towards the Lord, for he will bring my feet out of the net. And that's the word of God. So God, thank you so much for your word. Open our hearts to be able to listen to your word and what you're saying to our lives. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So I want you to turn to your neighbor. Just say a word or two or a phrase that really stood out for you. Go. Ten seconds. Three, two, one, stop. Okay, great. If you're seated next to a girl, you missed an opportunity. But anyway, uh, as, we look, as we look at Psalm 25, as we scroll through it, we see that David here, it's a Psalm of David, and David here seems like he's praying. And he, it looks like he's praying. It's a prayer of deliverance. And then he prays for forgiveness. And ultimately, he prays for guidance. So as I was going through this, I had some words that was, I was picking up, and I really wanted them to help me and guide me as I read this psalm. And the first thing that came to my mind, or the first thing that I spotted, was the word enemy, which is in verse 2. So 2 to 3, it says, Not let my enemies triumph over me. No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame. Now, how many of you have enemies? Oh, man. Okay, how many of you have enemies? Okay, I know, we all have enemies. And sometimes they're enemies without, in person, the enemies we see. Maybe some of you thought about the person who you no longer speak to. Maybe some of you thought about your ex. Maybe some of you thought about um, that professor or someone. Maybe some of you thought about someone. Definitely, we all think of an enemy. However, there's also another enemy, and this is an enemy within The Bible says the enemy is that who prowls like a rolling lion. This past December, I went to Kenya with a team from here, and we got an opportunity to see lions. I remember telling my friends, I really want to see the lions in action. You know, like running and seeing a prayer and, you know, roaring like I see it in the movie. Like it roar and the earth will shake. But we didn't get to see that. However, what we saw was two lions. They were just prowling, walking looking for prey, looking for prey. So interesting, as I was watching National Geographic, this one guy said, if the lion would spot its prey, it wouldn't go direct to its prey. It would go slowly, trying to be very crafty, and eventually it would run after its prey. So 
as I was, I was looking into this word enemy, and I found out one of the explanations from the Bible is the devil, the one who prowls around, rolling like a lion with one mission, to devour. And that's what happens. The enemy is very crafty. He comes around, he sees the prey with one mission, to kill, to steal, to destroy. Day and night, he lies to us. Maybe something, sometimes it doesn't seem like it's a really bad thing. Sometimes it's a really good thing. How many of you in the year set out to go to the gym? Or uh, maybe in the beginning of the year, you know, you were like, this year, I'm going to pray. I'm going to be reading the Bible. I know I do that sometimes. I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get into a small group and all those kind of things. And you plan and you're so, it's in your calendar, you know. And then... January goes, it's great, it's amazing. February, your calendar starts filling up and you're like, ah, this small group thing, I don't think it's going to swap my time. And you start giving excuses that you're busy, you're busy. So the thing is, the enemy sometimes appears to us like a really getting busy with our lives. I know for some time, last semester, I got super busy and I started burning out. And I remember one of my friends here calling me out on it. And he was like, she was like, Mordecai, you're too busy. And you need to say not some good things. And this semester, I practiced that. I actually said not one of the good things. And I felt so good. And I felt so relieved. And I found that I was doing my work very easily. But also the biggest thing that was happening is I began finding time to spend with God. And he began convicting me. Digging deeper into my soul and showing me some of the things that I need to work on in my character. And that's what happens when we don't pay attention and the enemy just crafts into our lives. And we are so overwhelmed and we forget our relationship with the Father who can walk with us and guide us. And show us the places that we need to correct in our own lives. And ask him and show us that we really need him to guide us. And so how do we deal with the enemy in the face of all this? David shows us in this psalm because he understands that we will be put to shame by the enemy. Now, shame and guilt are two different things. Shame makes you feel unworthy. Shame makes you feel not accepted. Shame just comes in and the devil speaks through it. Makes you feel so low. But David tells us that if we seek God, if we ask God to teach us his parts, we will know how to speak God's truth in our life. God, God, God made us. We are in his image. He has some promises he has for our lives. And whenever we are faced with these things, we need to know the word of God so that it can help us to be able to overcome these things. One of the great stories that we can be able to read and be encouraged is the story of Jesus. After being baptized, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tested. And over and over again, he said, it is written. This goes to show how much he knew the word. And probably as a small Jewish boy, he read the word of God and meditated upon it day and night. And so David here is showing us what happens if we begin soaking ourselves into the word of God. Because he knows how we fight the enemy. We fight the enemy through reading the word of God. This word of God is the truth. It's unbreakable. It's infallible. It's without error. It makes us wise unto salvation. And in it, with the guidance of the Holy Spirit, we possess all things we need pertaining to life and godliness. It is the word of God 
And it's the sword of the spirit we use against our enemies. And personally, I've looked into God's word to find fulfillment. And it's only through the word of God that we can be able to find true meaning of life. So David tells us, what do we do after we obey the word of God? After we read into the word of God, what happens when you slow down and you begin having this communion and relationship with God? God begins to remind you. So there are two remembrances here. We can see David here is having a moment where he's haunted and he says, do not remember the sins of my youth. So the devil also reminds us, maybe you made a mistake, maybe you made any bad choices in, in the past and he brings them up to you. Maybe someone mentioned to you and told you, we don't think you fit in here. And now you walk with this thing telling you in life that you can never make it. I've had moments where people doubted me, where people gave up on me. But then that doesn't have to define you. And the devil brings it up. He reminds you. He tells you, oh, remember this time you failed? Even this time you're going to fail it again. But here's the thing. Whenever you slow down and you have a relationship with God and you listen to God's ways, God begins to remind you of his mercy and his love throughout your life. Two years ago, February, here at Cornerstone, I didn't have a car. And I remember one day, um, I asked around. Everyone was busy. There was no one to help me go home. I lived 15 minutes away. And so I didn't even have money then. And so I decided to walk home. So I left campus and I walked home. That day I was so angry at God. And I, I think that day I had the most honest conversation with God through prayer. I remember walking down the bed line and all the way to Barton Street. And uh, it was cold. It was a February. And I remember just being so honest with God. God, why did you even bring me to the United States to suffer like this? Like, I was so honest. It's amazing when you become so honest with God what will happen. And then, like, one hour after I had lamented, after I had done all that, after I was like, God, I'm so tired. I was done with complaining. I was done with all that. I began singing. I began singing a Kenyan song, which if I sing now, you won't understand. So I began singing, I began singing. And then after some while, I started having these moments where I started remembering of the times I'd even decided to come to Cornerstone, of the times that God provided, of the times I was even able to get on a plane, of the times that I'm healthy. God started reminding me of the goodness that he has been for me. And I remember being halfway at Calvin I started having this energy, even walking home. I wasn't even feeling cold. I was like, oh God, thank you so much. You know, he started reminding me of the good times and the good things he has done for me. Now, when we become so busy in life and we get caught up in so many things, and when people say things to our lives and all that, we can rely on God's truth. And when we rely on God's truth, he starts reminding us of the promises that he has in our lives. And these promises become very important whenever we go through a situation. Because here's a real thing. We will never be perfect. We'll always experience life issues. Life will always happen to us. But if we rely on God's truth, God will always remind us of how important we are to him, of the good times he has been with us, and we'll begin praising him through the darkness. We'll begin praising him through our valley. And so David has prayed for deliverance from the enemy. He has asked God for forgiveness from his past. Do not remember my past, God. Because righteousness comes from God only. We have sinned in our earlier life. We have chosen many choices that were not aligned to God's ways. And sometimes they haunt us. 
But God, David here says, do not remember not the sin of my past. And David is viewed as a man after God's own heart. And I felt like encouraging someone today. Maybe your past is de- trying to define you. But here's the thing. God actually can call you a man or a woman after his own heart. If you can truly seek him and ask him to teach you his paths and ways. So David, the next phrase here, we see David telling us there are two ways in order to be guided. If you reach out to someone and I need your guidance, there's a posture that you need to have in order to be able to be under someone who will guide you. And this posture, I always forget this thing. This posture is a humble heart. So that's the first part. The Bible says he guides and teaches the humble. Being humble basically doesn't mean being timid. Being humble means acknowledging that God is really wiser and you're not. And you're in need of him. Being humble is getting to a place where you're like, I'm a sinner, God, and I need you. It's coming to a point where you see God in fullness of who he is and who you are. That's being humble. But then the second thing that comes with that is fearing the Lord. Fearing fearing the Lord is the beginning of true knowledge. It's not a punishment. And fearing in the right way haunts you. Everything fades away from your background. And there's one important thing. One thing only demands your attention. Fearing the Lord means that you acknowledge him. It's not that he's dangerous. It's not that he's harmful. But it's coming to a point where you're like, God, you're all powerful. You're all powerful. You're all holy. And I pray that we can be able to recognize that we fear the Lord and rest in his love. It's about a relationship. And so when we fear the Lord and we are humble, he welcomes us into a relationship. So the other word that really stood out for me as I was reading this was confide. So I was like, secrets, confide. When you look at the word confide, it means secret. Other translations uh, render this as secret counsel. So imagine your friendship groups. You know each other. Sometimes you make jokes and you laugh and other people don't even understand. There's, there's a secretness. There's a group. There's, a, there's some things you share. Or imagine a friend of yours who you reach out and you're like, I, I need to confide into someone. I need to tell someone something so deep. And I hope that they can be able to walk with me. That's confiding. So God says, those who humble and those who fear the Lord are confiding them. It's a circle of one close associates and the matters they discuss are actually matters that are really important. So God confides in us when we fear and are humble with him and he provides counsel and he walks with us because God loves us so much and he'll give us the right wisdom and the right way at the right time. So walking with God is the best way because we'll know God's mind. Our friends who walk together, they share the secrets with one another and they impact one another. Noah walked with God and the Lord revealed his secrets to him. Abraham walked with God and Genesis 18, 17 says, shall I hide anything from Abraham? Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? Christ revealed himself to the disciples after breaking bread. Now between their days and our days, between their callings and our callings, what stands is the cross. And with the cross, we are sure of forgiveness. So as we walk daily, as we get up daily and seek God in his word and prayer, he meets us and gives us a relationship. Here's the truth. We'll not be perfect. 
David brings everything to God consistently. I urge you to bring your circumstances, to bring your issues. And as we approach the word of God, we bring all our thoughts, all our emotions to God. Do not dress it up. Do not dress it up. David is so honest with God. As I was reading chapter uh, 16, uh, verse 16 going down, it was very interesting because it says, and I'm going to read it here. It says, turn to me and be gracious to me for I am lonely and afflicted. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. Now imagine you telling your friends this. Turning to your friend and telling them, hey friend, turn to me and be gracious to me for I am lonely and afflicted. I read that and I imagined it and I laughed. Because your friend is going to think you're weird. (laughs) But if there's one person who you can, is God. And you can tell him all these kind of things. So what now? So the first thing is plan. Here's the thing. You have to make a decision. A relationship with God will not just come out of the blues. Plan. Make a a time, plan a time. Choose a time to pray. uh, Because you're the only one who can be able to do that. It's not going to happen. Then the second thing is prayer. Pray. Because prayer helps you. It guides you. Ask God to show his paths. His his way. God will do that. Be honest with him. Don't dress it up. Just be honest with him. The third thing, partner. Find people who you can walk with. This is the most powerful things I've found. Here's the thing. You can plan. You can decide. But then sometimes things come in your way and you can twist it. But then when you're around people in a community, you're able to be accountable. People are able to pray for you when you cannot pray for yourself. And you're able to walk together. You can walk together far, but you can walk alone fast. And the last thing is persevere. Never stop getting up. The enemy may lie to you. Things might happen in your life. You might be kicked down, but never stop getting up. Christ came for you. And me, while we were still his enemies. He died for us when we were still his sinners. He knows all things. He's omniscient. If you think you've messed up and he's forgotten you and doesn't love you, no, he has not. He loves you and his love, nothing can ever take away his love for you. So get up. Pray. And one of the best places that we can do this is this day, today. It's a day of prayer. Today, there are spaces that have been created for you, plans that have been planned for you. Now it's upon you to take every moment and every chance to be able to commit with God. So let me pray for us. Almighty, infinite Father, faithfully loving your own, God, here in our weakness we find you falling before your throne. You're one that we praise. You're the only one we adore. You give the healing and grace that our hearts always hunger for. Counselor, comforter, keeper, spirit, we are longing for you. You offer hope in our hearts when we are lost. God, through the darkest night, you will hold our hands. You will guide our ways. And our hearts will trust you. God, and though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on vines through the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no kettles in the stalls, God, we will rejoice in you. God, you are our Lord and our light and our salvation. Whom shall we fear? Lord, you are our strength in our life. Who shall shall we be afraid of? God, teach us your ways and walk with us. In Jesus' name.